Hey, I am. Uh, I'm so excited. We're ending this series called Only Jesus. We're ending it tonight. And like I said, next week we're doing our night of worship, which would be awesome. But I'm really excited about tonight kind of wrapping up these, I think it's been like six or seven weeks. It's been a long series, but we've just been talking through uh, different stories uh, during the life of Jesus. And so obviously, you know, he lived on earth for 33 years and there's uh, lots of different stories about his life and miracles he did and all these different things. And so we've just been walking through some of those, hoping that by studying who he was, it would help us understand more of who he is to us now. And so uh, I've enjoyed it greatly, but I'm excited about tonight. And the reason why I'm super excited about tonight is because I've asked my brother, my friend, to come deliver the message uh, to us tonight. So uh, Chase Depew is going to be speaking tonight. And uh, Chase, come on up here, man. Y'all give him a hand. And Chase is going to tell you a little bit about himself, uh, his wife, Lauren. He's got two beautiful little babies, and uh, they're, they're actually just as cute as my kid, which is hard. It's hard, man. Uh, no, that was not as funny as I thought. But um, anyways, so uh, Chase is going to be speaking tonight. Chase is the high school pastor uh, here at the Central Campus, and uh, he's fairly new to our church. He's been here for a few months, but I love the guy. He's awesome. And so uh, it was an easy, easy ask to ask him to come preach tonight. So y'all do me a favor and help Chase feel welcome one more time. Y'all give it up for Chase. C12, y'all good? You look good. You sound good. It's going to be a good night, man. It's going to be a good night. I'm I'm liking this section already because I like people. I like people who talk, you know what I'm saying? So uh, but anyways, my name is Chase, like Austin said, and I just want to take uh, just a second, right? And, and that dude back there, man, you have an incredible pastor. You have an incredible leader um, who, who loves each and every one of you um, and who ha- has, has felt called by God to step into this leadership position um, and try to lead you the best that he can, and he's doing a phenomenal job. So show some love to him. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm pumped to, to get into this to get into this series, um, only Jesus. But before I do, uh, I don't want to be a stranger up here. I, I want you to know a little bit about my life because I don't want to be this weird guy just you know talking to you about uh, the Bible. Um, but I can be that, so uh, that's cool too. But I, I come from uh, a place in Tennessee called Nashville. Y'all ever heard of Nashville? Yeah, I thought y'all would be a little bit more excited about that, but that's okay. Not a lot of country music fans in the house. I, I understand. You got yeah, my boy over here. He likes some country music. I like it. Um, but uh, coming from Nashville, I am married uh, to this beautiful woman right here, Lauren. Um, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, so we've been married uh, around two years, and so we just celebrated our two-year anniversary. And, uh, man, we, uh, our relationship was pretty fast. We dated six months, engaged seven, married right? Feel me? Hey, when you find a good one, fellas, lock it up quick. Because I'm going to tell you something, they're going to, somebody else is going to take them, all right? So here, here's the deal. I, we, we, we dated six months, in, engaged seven, married, right? And so all of our relationship, we were, we were long distance. We were, I was in Arizona, she was in Tennessee, right? Um, and, and so that, that happened, and it was, it was insane, but we got married, and then three and a half months into our marriage, she tells me that she's pregnant. I'm like, are you, what'd you, like, what'd you say? Like, hold up. Well, hold up. What, what'd you say? She, no, she said, I'm pregnant. I said, 
I don't believe, I, I didn't believe her. I really, I honest to goodness did not believe her. Like for real. I made her take three tests. I said, I don't believe you. But they were all positive. And so we, uh, we went to the doctor when we flew back to Arizona. We were on vacation in Tennessee at a lake house. That's when she told me <laughs> some vacation just blow, blew my mind, right? Um, so uh, we get back to Arizona and we go to the, to the doctor and, and she's, you know, she's getting checked out, having the ultrasound done, all that good stuff. They're rubbing it on her tummy. It's, it's great. And uh, I don't know what, I don't know what's inside her tummy. You know what I'm saying? So we, we get there and, and this lady, there's like two little dots that popped up. I was like, is that like a double, it's like a double screen? Like is, and they're both like fluttering and stuff. I said, hold up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, hold up. She said, she said, there's two. I said, I went, ha, what? She said, yeah. She said, there's two. I was like, oh my word. I said, I thought there was only supposed to be one. Like, what, do, what do we do? You know? And so we have two beautiful twins. So there, we have a set of twins. And uh, yeah, I mean, we did a good job. We did a good job. All right. So Rowan, Rowan Knox is on the right here. That's my son. And uh, Adeline Eden is on the left. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. They are a joy. Uh, they, are, they are one of the biggest joys in my life. And I just want to share some of that joy with you um, and, and uh, with this video right here. Check this out. Awesome, huh? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And it's it's funny because I, I also want to share this, man. My my daughter took her first steps today, which is unreal. I was just like, what? Um, so I got a video at work, kind of a bummer. I missed it, but um, my son he took off out the womb. He's running, you know what I'm saying? He's he's doing push-ups and all sorts of stuff. And uh, it's it's fun. It's crazy around our house. Um, obviously, we've been married two years. We have twins. Life life's been pretty pretty insane, but. Uh, that's a little bit about me, and uh, man, I'm excited about our time tonight. I'm ready. I'm ready to dive in uh, for for what we're here for, and uh, I think God has a word for all of us uh, tonight. And uh, I've titled this message, "Give Me a Drink." Give me a drink. So we're going to be in John four tonight. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn uh, to John chapter four. John chapter four, and here's the deal. Um, that, that's about as funny as I'm going to get right there. So I let my kids handle that um, and, and all the stories and stuff. Here's what I want to do. I want our time to be tonight because I, I have nothing better to say than, than the book that you're holding right now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be in John chapter 4. And we're going to read a story. We're going to read about a woman and, and she encountered Jesus. She encounters Jesus and there's a conversation that happens and uh, man, I think that you're going to be encouraged by it tonight. I know that it's just wrecked my life over the past uh, few weeks as I've been preparing this message. Um, and what we're going to talk about tonight revolves around this question. What's filling up your cup? What's, what's filling up your life? Because in all reality, through life, we have a lot of things that, that we're after, right? Um, this, this journey, this life, like, 
it, it, can, oftentimes, it can oftentimes lead us to places uh, to where we feel thirsty and we, we maybe get tired on the journey and, and, and we chase things. And um, Man, this story, I think, will, will be an encouragement to you if you're maybe wrestling with the question tonight, what's filling up your life? Let's read. Let's go, man. Let's go. So we're going to be in John chapter 4. We're going to read 1 through 15. And, and it might sound a little bit different. Um, I'm reading from the ESV. you got the NIV. But the ESV will be on the screen so you can follow along there. Uh, but I'm going to read this whole thing through, through verse 1 through 15. And then what we're going to do is we're going to stop at 19, but we'll get to that conversation in a little bit. Um, but then we're going to come through and we're going to break this thing down. And we're just going to let the scripture speak tonight. Does that sound good? All right, let's go. All right, John chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. He had to pass through Samaria. And so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. Near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And so Jesus, wearied as from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. It was about noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? A woman that is a Samaritan. For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he said, he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? I have, I have gave us, he gave us the well and, and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. You see, this story, it, it starts off as Jesus is departing from Galilee, right, with his, with his fellas, with the disciples, with his 12. And so he begins this journey, right, with his, with his, with his guys. And he says, I'm, I'm leaving Judea and I'm going to Galilee. Why? Well, because things were starting to stir a little bit. He had to go to the next. He, he's got to preach the gospel. He's got things to do, right? And, and what I love about this moment is that, and I don't want you to miss it, is that scripture says that he had to go through Samaria. He had to. Something was going to happen. Jesus knew that he was going to have an encounter with a woman at the well. And so here they, here they leave. They're leaving Judea, and they're going to Galilee. 
let, let, let's get something straight real quick. This journey, right? It's not like you're, you're leaving out of the parking lot from 12 Stone and headed over to the Kroger. You know what I'm saying? It's not like three or four miles. It's not even like going downtown Atlanta. Like it's even further than that. To give you an idea, these guys, they traveled 70 miles. 70 miles from Judea to Galilee. Anybody ever been to the Middle East? Israel? I went there like three years ago. I'm going to tell you something. I was exhausted from the tours. More or less traveling from, from Judea to Galilee. You know what I mean? So here they are traveling. And, and, and what, scripture, what scripture says? This would have taken them about two and a half days. And what we see is that Jesus was what? He was wearied. He was tired. And so he sat down at the well on purpose. He knew who was going to stroll up about noon. And guess what? Only Jesus would know that, wouldn't he? That he had to go through Samaria. But what, what, what intrigued me by reading this and thinking through this this week is that, man, if Jesus was, was, was human, right? He was also God. But these men have been traveling for 70 miles. You travel in the Middle East 70 miles and you're walking, it's hot, y'all. <laughs> I lived in Arizona, but I've been to the It's hot. So guess what? Jesus was thirsty. And he asked the lady, he said, give me a drink. Y'all ever been thirsty from a journey? Y'all ever been thirsty in life? And I asked myself this question. Man, have I ever been thirsty? Have you ever been tired from the journey? Have you ever been wearied from the journey? where I just needed a drink. But what happened, and what happened to me, is that oftentimes I would refill my life and refill my thirst with things that would truly never satisfy. And just as, as some examples here, I think that it's, it's safe to say that oftentimes we, we, live in a, we live in a world of refill, right? We live in a world of refill. And I think this is crucial, but it's simple to understand that we become thirsty when we have less and when we have without. We become thirsty when we have either less or we have without, right? Hey, man, can you give me a refill? I'm a little empty over here. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Think about it. When you're at a restaurant, 10 Lizzie's, y'all know about that, don't you? Eating that chips and salsa, ain't nothing like it, I'm telling you. You're thirsty, right? You have a water. I buy water too because I have twins. Y'all are college students. Y'all don't have no money. I get it. You know what I mean? We drink water. That's okay. Um, and so uh, you, you, get, you get to the bottom of that, that, that water, you hear the slurp, and you're like, waitress, waiter. What do I, can I get a refill? Right? We get a refill. Water's free, bro. <laughs> uh, but maybe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so we live in a, a world of refill. What, what happens when you're, when you're out of gas? What do you do? You go to the gas station, you get a refill, right? 
For me, I, I get a refill when it's like half a tank because I'm paranoid. I like I don't want to run out of gas. Some of y'all, some of y'all are like on empty, and you're like, I go another 400 miles. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? It's all, it's fine. We're good. Um, but we live in a world of of, of refill, right? Pre workout, fellas. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't go work out unless I have pre workout. Pre workout's not in the budget. My wife gets frustrated every time. I'm like, babe, I gotta have it. You know what I mean? Like it's essential. I gotta look good for you. Like I just. That's, I need that. But that's not true. Ladies, it's makeup, right? When, you, when you're out, you got to refill. You got to look good. Some of you are like, what? Yeah, that's true. You got you to look good, right? Shoes. When my shoes, get, when my shoes get, you know, a little worn and, and stuff, I got to have me some new sneakers. I got to get a refill. You get it, right? We live in a world of refill. In life, I've, I've found myself thirsty, but not just for a cup of water, not just for gas, not, not just for another drink, not just for these, these silly things, but I found myself thirsty for acceptance. I found myself thirsty uh, for, for approval. I found myself thirsty for, for success. I found myself thirsty for money. I've found myself thirsty to be loved. I've found myself thirsty to love. We live in a world of refill, right? I needed, I needed more of these things to fill my cup, not just water. Come on. Your cup's your life. And I think we search and we try to find things to fill our cup and things to satisfy this earthly without. Because when we have less or without, we seek it out. We seek more of it and we want more of it. And yet we find out that these things that are filling our cup, that are filling our life, only satisfy for a moment. And we continue to ask that question, can I get a refill? Can I get a refill? Hoping and longing that one day something that goes in that cup will satisfy us. This woman was thirsty. Jesus knew that. Only Jesus would know that. Let's continue this conversation in verse 7. And let's, get to, let's get to the good stuff. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy her food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that, that a Jew, she was frustrated at this moment. How is it that a Jew could ask, ask, ask for a drink from me? A woman of Samaria, for Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. In verse 7, the woman needed to refill her bucket. And let's just get something straight. This wasn't, this wasn't normal. Women didn't go fill, get water at noon during the day. They would go in the cool of the morning. But something in her life, something, something was causing her to do this at this time. And Jesus knew that. That's why he put himself right there at noon during the day. There was a purpose for that. And so, so, what, happened is, is, so what happens is this encounter with, with Jesus. And, 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 and he knew that she was going in di different directions in her life, chasing this thirst. 
And she has a specific thirst that we're going to read about here in a few moments. This woman was going in different directions in her life, but little did she know that day she was headed to her divine destination. And it's no surprise to see how this woman reacts. You see it, you read it, right? She was upset. Jews despise Samaritans. In fact, Jews would give, give, give God thanks that they were not Samaritans. And they would pray that, man, don't, don't, say, don't, don't save Samaritans. That they hate, it, was a, it was a hatred relationship between these two. But only Jesus, right, could have a conversation and an encounter like this. Jesus, in this very moment, flipped culture upside down like he usually does in our lives and, and does only what he can do. Let's continue in verse 10. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, who it is and, 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 and that, what it, who is saying it to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get living water? Are you greater than the fa our father Jacob? He, he gave us the well. He drank from it himself, and, and as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, here's this, they're just going back and forth, this conversation, right? Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up with eternal life. So here in this very moment, it all started off with a simple, can I have a drink? And yet only Jesus could take this moment and this conversation about water and, and, and help her realize that the thirst in her life will never be satisfied by the earthly water, by the things that you fill your life with. In this very moment, he, 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 he makes this transition in this conversation. He said, if you only knew who was talking to you right now, you would be asking me for a drink. He begins to explain to her that, the, that he, he, you will never be satisfied. As you fill your life and try to fill the void of the earthly without, but you will only be satisfied with a living water, an eternal within. Here's what I want us to take away from this tonight. The earthly without will never compare to the eternal within. The earthly without will never compare to the eternal within. Let's just, let's just get real. Jesus knew that she was thirsty. Jesus in this moment points to the very reason she was not satisfied. He knew that she was, she was chasing to try to fill her life with things that only satisfied for a moment. With only things that satisfied for a moment. She was looking to earthly things to satisfy an internal gap. She was looking at earthly things to satisfy an internal gap. We live in the world of refill, don't we? 
We live in a world of refill. And oftentimes we try to satisfy our life with the earthly. But I'm going to tell you something. The earthly without will never satisfy or compare to the eternal within. C12, this is what I know. Tonight, you can either choose to, to live and continue maybe to live a refilled life. Or some of you in this room tonight, you, you might make a decision in, in these next few moments to live a restored life. You can continue to live a refilled life, or maybe it's your moment to choose to live a restored life. Some of us are exhausted and we're tired from the journey. Some of us are, are, are thirsty and we're filling our cup up with things that we shouldn't. And, and we're sick of, of having to fill our cup up over and over and over. We find ourselves going in many different directions, but, but tonight could be your divine destination. It really could. But here's the thing. There's nothing I, I, I can say. It's nothing that they can play. But it's only Jesus that can take you from refilled to restored. Only Jesus can take you from refilled to restored. The story's not over. And if you're living a refilled life tonight, I want you to lean in to these last few minutes because this is significant. And only Jesus can do this because what happens in these next moments is that, that, that Jesus reveals her thirst of what's causing her to go in many different directions, what she's chasing, what she's filling her cup up with. Let's read in verse 16. He, he says this, he told her to go, call your husband to come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have five husbands. And the one that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. <laughs> Only Jesus could say that to a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Only, only Jesus could ever say that to a woman. So you know it's him, right? He, you know it's true. But he has this moment with her. And I think that, that what happens in this very moment is that he, he exposes her sin privately with no condemnation. No condemnation. So that she could see a spiritual need for a Savior. For many of you in here tonight, you know your thirst. I haven't revealed that. But in this very moment, you're probably thinking about it. And, and, and that's the Holy Spirit revealing that to you. Maybe you're, you're, you're having a conversation with Jesus right now in your very mind that you're saying, man, I, I know that I'm thirsting after this. I know I'm filling my cup up after this. But here's the deal. I need you. I, I, I don't want to fill up my cup anymore. Because I'm weary and I'm tired from the journey of this. And I want to be restored. I'm sick of living a refilled life. I want to live a restored life. 
See, 12, a restored life happens when we have an encounter with Jesus. A restored life happens when we let the living water flood our soul, our being. A restored life happens when you, you accept that encounter with Jesus. A restored life happens when you say, yes, I know I'm filling up my cup and I'm satisfying my thirst. And it's not with living water. But Jesus, I need you. The band's going to come up and we're going we're gonna to close our time together tonight. And can I just be honest with you for another moment? I know that in my life, I've chased many things to refill this cup. And a lot of times, it's not necessarily been empty, but it's not been full enough for me to be satisfied. Some of us are, I mean, we're just, we're just without right now. And the reality of it is that some of you walked in here just to refill your cup with a little bit of Jesus, but yet you're still not, you're still not, you're still not living a re restored life. It's part of your refill. And so tonight, wherever you are, if you just bow your heads with me, close your eyes, in these next few moments, I just want you to imagine that, that maybe, that maybe, maybe tonight is your divine destination. You've been, you've been, you've been chasing these, these different directions in your life because your thirst has, has led you there. This woman at the well, it was, it was men. Maybe some of you are not, tonight are, 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 trying to fill your thirst with girls or guys. Maybe some of you are tonight. Maybe it's not girls or guys. Maybe it's, maybe it's money. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's approval. Maybe it's something else. But tonight, for those of you who have, who have never, who are living a refilled life and have never encountered Jesus, if you want to have a moment with him, say, man, I've been, <laughs> I've been filling up my cup with things that, that only, only satisfy me for a moment. But Jesus, I need you. Would you just raise your hand all over the room? Would you just raise your hand that you, you need him, that you want an encounter with him, that he wants to be your personal Lord and Savior? Amen. Hands up around the room. It's incredible. Can we just give some praise right now? Can we just, we just clap and celebrate? That tonight people, people came and they've, they've had an encounter with Jesus and they're sick and tired of living a refilled life. And tonight they've chosen to, to embrace the living water and become restored. If that was you over these next few moments as we sing this song, uh, I, Austin and I, we, we'd love to just, just talk with you. We'll be in the back. Um, 
next to the production area. Would you just come back there? Man, I would love to pray with you um, over these next few moments. But would you stand with us as we, as we sing and as we worship tonight and celebrate?